These may be challenging times, but have hope and listen to the untold health stories about incredible people who have committed their lives to better their communities. Diverse health activists, direct medical providers, community organizers that are helping our communities to get healthier and stronger. Stories of local heroes during the pandemic and even before that proves over and over again that people can come together during times of need and make the world a better place. Stories you would never hear of, except at Healthcare Untold, hosted by Barbara Ann Garcia. Our guest today is Jeannie Economos from the Farmworker Health Association of Florida. Welcome to Healthcare Untold, Jeannie. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, we're so excited and honored to have you as a representative of the Pharmaker Association of Florida. And, you know, um, just doing some of those statistics behind the incredible work that our pharmacers provide for people all around the country. Uh, so if you're sitting down having salads and fruit today, thank the Pharmaker Association of Florida and all of the pharmacers who are providing their labor and love for the food that we eat. Um, over 47,000 farms and ranches in Florida with billions of dollars of produce that are uh, produced by farm workers. And most recently, Jeannie, um, you know, your governor uh, passed Senate Bill 1718, which um, prohibits a lot of issues for farm workers, including reporting them, um, reporting them for seeking health care. Um, we just talked about the discrimination that farm workers face in housing and everyday life, even though they are providing such essential services and are such essential workers um, for uh, Florida. So tell us a little bit about your work, Jeannie, and the incredible work for the Farm Worker Association of Florida. Well, again, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Our organization is 40 years old this year. We were formed in 1983. Uh, the one thing I love about this organization is that we are a very grassroots organization. We were founded by farm workers themselves in 1983 that were affected by natural disasters when there were freezes to the orange crops in central Florida. Since then, we've expanded to five offices in the state, and every one of our offices opened because of a natural disaster where we went in to assist farm workers because they live in very rural areas. They're mostly undocumented, people of color, and did not get services after natural disasters. So we went in to help farm workers in those different areas. And then the farm workers asked us to stay and keep a presence there because they needed the assistance, the support. So we have five offices in the state now. And um, the point is that our organization is still committed to and grounded in the grassroots. Most of our staff members are former farm workers themselves. The co-founder of our organization was a farm worker. He was an orange picker. And we continue to stay grounded in community. Our board members are from the community. They're not doctors and lawyers and uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, most of our uh, board members come from farm worker families or our former farm workers. And that tradition of, not tradition, that commitment to being grounded in community is what makes our organization. And that's what gives um, the communities trust in our organization. They will come to us where they won't go to other agencies or organizations or even clinics because they know that here, the people that are in our organization not only are uh, here for them, but also come from their community and they even know them in their community. So we have the trust, the earned trust 
of the community members that we work with. Tell us the name of your uh, founder so we can just honor them. Um, Tirso Moreno is the co-founder of the organization. And again, he was an orange picker for many years. And he actually uh, was a organizer when United Farm Workers was in Florida temporarily back in the 80s. Um, and so he learned through working with United Farm Workers, but then also he learned through uh, going to Saul Alinsky trainings and um, other kinds of organizing trainings around the country. And the other co-founder of our organization is actually a nun who's a sister of Notre Dame, and that's Sister Gail Grimes, who is retired now. And so is Tirso Moreno, who is retired. Um, but they co-founded the organization together, and they made a great team and they built a strong organization. And one thing I will say is that um, it shows that the community members and farm workers have knowledge and skills and abilities that maybe they don't have formal education, but they do have plenty of ideas and they can be very creative and innovative. And I admire Tirso very much for many of the ideas and projects that our organization has done over the years. And maybe that's time for another show where we could talk about some of those great things that our organization did in the past, um, which I think are really incredible. Um, so um, so we honor both of our co-founders and uh, who put us on this very strong ground uh, and foundation, grounding and basis and a foundation for the organization today. That's beautiful. Um, and tell us about this response to this uh, new law. Um, you know, when I know that every day as a grassroots organization, you're really, um, really fighting for the justice of farm workers. Um, but tell us a little bit about this action that you've been taking most recently uh, around these new uh, events. Before I start there, um, I want to say that our organization has been a leader in immigrants' rights since the organization was founded in 1983. We were very involved in advocating for the amnesty in 1986. We helped people to get their citizenship papers through the uh, IRCA in 1986. And um, I don't remember the number of thousands of, uh, of workers that we helped to get their immigration status. But even after that, we have been a defender of immigrants' rights. Um, all along the way, we were a co-founder of the Florida Immigrant Coalition, which is a statewide coalition of immigrants' rights organizations. And successfully, since about 2005, up until the last couple of years, we were able to beat back all anti-immigrant laws at the state level. So for some 12, 13 or more years, we were able to stop anti-immigrant legislation that was tried, tried to get through the state legislature. But as we know, things have turned and changed in Florida. And the last several years, there's been some very bad uh, anti-immigrant laws, including a few years ago, uh, Senate Bill 168, which was the anti-sanctuary cities bill. Uh, we are part of a continuing uh, legal action against the state um, through the Southern Poverty Law Center, although it looks like we're losing that case. Um, but now the, this year in May, the governor signed into law SB 1718, which is probably one of the worst anti-immigrant bills in the entire country. Um, and actually as bad as the bill is now, it was actually worse when it was going through the state legislature and through committees. So we actually got a little tiny bit less um, bad anti-immigrant bill 
um, but it's still very, very harmful to the community. Just a few pieces of the bill include things such as um, all hospitals that get Medicaid funding in the state of Florida are required to ask any patients of their documentation status. So you have a right to say, yes, I'm a citizen, or I am documented, or no, I am not, or you have the right to refuse to answer the question. But that's very intimidating to people. We have a campaign to tell all people in the state to not answer that question so that even people that are US citizens can refuse to answer that question because you don't have to answer it. But that's very intimidating to immigrants and to farm workers because they don't know what that means. And we have been trying to dispel myths about this, but that is definitely a deterrent to farm workers and immigrants seeking healthcare in this state because they have heard that they're gonna be asked that question and they don't know what that means. That's they don't right. know if that means that, that, that if they answer um, honestly, if they're gonna, immigration is gonna be called on them and they're gonna risk being detained or deported. So people have told us that they are not going to seek medical care in a hospital. We have heard, um, I don't know the people myself, but we have heard that there were at least four women in our area in Central Florida who were advanced in their pregnancies and knew that they would need to go to the hospital to deliver their babies. And they were afraid that they wouldn't be able to be seen in the hospitals, so they left the state. Wow. Which means they don't have continuous care from a clinic or a doctor or a midwife, but they were afraid to have their babies in Florida, so they left the state. So those are some examples. And one of the things that our organization has been trying to do with this part of the law, but all parts of the law, is to try and get information out to the community to dispel the rumors and the myths and the misinformation that's out there um, so that people will continue to get health care. Because as we all know, that's really important. We've been trying to work with clinics and community health centers in farm worker and immigrant communities where we have a presence to try and get them to inform their patients uh, and instill confidence in their patients that yes, they continue to con get medical care at the clinics without risking their immigration status. But one of the other things that we've seen is that uh, people and immigrants in our areas will see a police car, for example, or they will see a forest service car or any kind of a car or vehicle that has some kind of a logo on it and they can't read English, so they think that it might be immigration. And we've had people turn away from the grocery store because they've seen a car with an official looking logo outside and they're afraid to go in because they think it might be immigration. So if there is a police car, for example, at a clinic or a hospital, people might be afraid to go in and get health care. So this is very damaging and very worrying for people in terms of their health care. That's right. And, you know, um, I recently saw a, a video of farmers, farm owners, begging people not to go. Uh, and it kind of gives you the sense of how important farm workers are uh, to the farm, to the uh, food industry uh, throughout Florida. Um, and I'm sure that there are many farm workers who are leaving Florida because of this law, 
but most importantly, the farmers seem to be of maybe an ally in terms of trying to ensure that they have workers um, in their fields. Uh, and um, have you had those kind of conversations with farmers? Well, let me first say it's deeply ironic that here we are right. in 2023 and three years ago, Farm workers were being lauded as essential workers, critical to our economy and to our food supply and to our nutrition and our sustenance. And they were considered essential workers, so essential that they had to work during the pandemic without any protection. But there were actually food drives to help get food to farm workers who didn't make enough money to buy food themselves, even though they were harvesting it but they were considered the essential workers. And all of a sudden now we're targeting the same people who we said for so long were essential workers, critical to our state and the country. And now they're being targeted, which is deeply ironic and sad. And yes, we have had uh, farmers and growers reach out to us. We have actually even gone to some businesses that have asked us to come and talk to both the the, the staff to clarify to them what this means for their business. And also they've had us come and talk to their workers. I will say that in Florida, not all farm workers work in food. We also have ornamental plants and ferns and other kinds of um, agriculture that uh, is not necessarily food crops, uh, but we do have tropical fruit and vegetables and fruits as well. Um, but in Central Florida, we have lots of ornamental plants. And yes, we have been asked by growers to come and talk to them and explain to them the law. Some of them are, some of the growers are afraid. So some growers have laid off workers and are moving towards what's called the H2A program, which I can talk about in a minute. Uh, other growers um, have workers there who have been there for a long time. Because what the law says right now is that if a business has 25 workers or more, and if the workers have been there for a period of time, such as five years or more, then the employer does not have to use E-Verify. Hmm. But any new employees that they hire, they do have to use E-Verify, which E-Verify would mean that you could identify people that don't have a social security number or aren't legally authorized to work. So again, there's lots of misinformation and confusion about this. Yes, we have had allies from farmers and that's, you know, that's rare because yeah. usually we're on the opposite side of most issues. But in this case, yes, because the farmers know that they need workers. When they have crops that need to be harvested or planted, they need workers right then. That's not something that you can put off for weeks or a month. Crops need to be harvested when they're ready to be harvested. And you need a workforce right then. To go through the H-2A or guest worker program is a long process of paperwork and it requires regulations that the employers have to provide food and housing to the workers. And, um, and that has to go through an approval process. So uh, um, farmers want workers right now. And so they are very concerned about how this is impacting them. And of course, the workers are very concerned. And we're trying to um, encourage workers to stay, to not be panicking. 
um, because some workers have left and gone to Texas where things aren't good either. And some have left to go to other states, which means if you are from a family that's a mixed status family, if you leave the state and you're undocumented, you can't come back. And mixed status means that some have their legal status and some don't in one family for the listening audience. Correct. And we have one a community member who's been very involved in our organization, and she has adult children in their 20s who live here and they're citizens because they were born here. That's right. But the father and mother are undocumented and they want to move to North Carolina. And we try to discourage them because we told them, if you want to move to North Carolina, that's fine. But you know you can't come back and see your kids as long as this law is in effect. Right. And so, so what kind of lobbying effort does a farm worker association do to um, at the state level to kind of challenge these? It sounded like you did some work as the law was uh, being implemented um, and you were able to change some of those uh, terrible uh, requirements. Um, what do you think is the future of that? Are you can still fighting that that set of laws? Absolutely. So yes, we um, gave personal testimonies to members of the state legislature during the legislative session. Florida's legislative session is short. It's only about two months long and it's at the beginning of the year. So the legislative session is over now. Um, but yes, we absolutely went to Tallahassee. We met with legislators in their offices locally. Um, we tried to get personal stories out there to let people know how much this would damage the agricultural industry and farm workers and families. If we're talking about family values, why do we want to hurt families like this? Right. Um, so where we are now is that there are expected to be several legal cases against the law. The law doesn't go into effect until July 1st, which is coming up pretty quickly. Um, and there are actions planned around the state on July 1st to protest this law. But we suspect and we expect that there will be legal challenges, challenges to the law come July 1st. And we are uh, ready, willing, and able to be um, plaintiffs in those legal actions against this law. Um, well, that's that's great, Jeannie. And um, tell us how our listening audience could support the Farm Workers Association of Florida. Well, they can go to our website. They can sign up for our news alerts. We put news alerts out uh, sometimes a couple of times a month um, that give updates on all of these issues. Um, we also have an active Facebook page. Our website is floridafarmworkers.org. And you can access our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and our blogs um, via our website. Again, you can sign up for our news alert. And you can contact state legislators in Florida, contact the governor of the state and just say that you think it's unconscionable that a state should be taking into its hands what is a federal responsibility, which is immigration issues. That is not a state issue. It is also not a family values issue. And it's also highly discriminatory. We're supposed to be uh, neutral in this country. All people are supposed to have human rights. 
And this comes close to being a violation of human rights, the way people are being treated in this state. Absolutely. I would say it is a violation of, of human rights. And that law uh, for people to um, talk to the Florida uh, politicians about is Senate Bill 1718. Jeannie, on behalf of Healthcare and Toad, we really want to thank you for all the advocacy that you're doing on behalf of farm workers in Florida. And that just equals farm workers around the country who uh, are really work hard every day to ensure that we have food on our table. And we really want to thank Jeannie and the Farm Worker Association of Florida. Thank you so much for your work and you're our hero today from Healthcare Untold. Thank you very much. And I do want to say that you're hearing my voice, but I want my voice to channel the voice of those who are often too often voiceless, and that's the voice of the farm workers. So while you hear me, I hope you will be thinking about the voices of those who are not here right now, but who are the ones that are feeding America, the farm workers. Thank you. Healthcare Untold. Healthcare untold. Healthcare untold.